This is Clay Innes, and you're listening to the web's greatest resource on lighting and photography, Light Source. Get outside and take pictures. And welcome to episode four of Light Source, the official podcast of StudioLighting.net for December 1st, 2005. StudioLighting.net introduces photographers to portrait and studio lighting equipment techniques. I'm Bill Crawford, publisher. And I'm Ed Hidden, image inspector and exclusive photographer with iStockphoto.com. In this episode, we're going to have an interview with Clay Enos, a professional photographer from New York City. And as you'll learn in the interview, his specialty is shooting people. And he shoots all kinds of people, whether it's strangers in a street studio or celebrity musicians. He does a lot of work with AOL Sessions, and you can check out his images during our interview at clayenos.com. It's C-L-A-Y-E-N-O-S.com. But first, it's December. Christmas right around the corner. Yeah. Do you have any uh, photography studio equipment on your uh, Christmas wish list? I think my Christmas list is almost all studio lighting equipment this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Today I added something new, Microsync Slave device, which is a really neat little thing, which apparently, I don't know if it's radio frequency. It is radio frequency. It's a lot like a, a pocket wizard. It's um, like a pocket wizard, except it's much smaller. Oh yeah, it, it looks like it's a, looks like a USB key drive or something like that. That goes right in your hot shoe. Really cool stuff. And, and I, it said it was up, good up to 100 feet and that the battery, I guess, is one of those watch batteries that lasts up to three years because the thing turns itself on and off automatically, which is pretty neat. It's pretty slick. It's um, I think you can get there from either Microsync Digital or from Tamarack.com because Tamarack is the company that's distributing it. Exactly. We'll stick a uh, link on the show notes because that's cool stuff. Put it on your Christmas list as well. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm going to be putting anything on my Christmas list right Why now. Why is that? Well, I just bought a... I splurged. I bought a full set of Alien Bees. Hello. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a huge difference from, uh, from speed lights. I have so much more options that I, I didn't have before. And it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, I think my Christmas shopping season's done for myself. So, nothing for Ed. You get a lump of coal. How do you like the bees? <laughs> I'm loving them. I'm yeah. having a lot of fun with them. Uh, got a, I got three bees, uh, AB800s, and I'm wishing that I had exchanged one of the 800s for an AB400. Are you really? Yeah, I was shooting last night. I'd shown you some of those shots. And I, I did have the large softbox fairly close, and I had it powered down to one thirty second, the the full all the way down all the way down yeah and i think i was still measuring like f8 oh wow and i was hoping to get to like f28 for a portrait or something so i i guess i'm gonna have to stick it across the room okay yeah so so what you're saying is with the higher power b which is really that's what 320 watt seconds right you're still having apertures that that size that's pretty impressive I, i've gone from one extreme of not having enough light to <laughs> Too, but wow, I got light. <laughs> right. So in light of our last uh, our last show, which Fun was about beginner kits. Yeah. <laughs> in light of our last show. Our last show was about beginner kits. You've now used both pretty extensively. You have any thought on I think that the speed lights gave me a really good base. Okay. And I, I really worked hard with trying to shape the light different ways. And now that I have a set of alien bees it seems a lot easier and stuff that may have taken me like an hour to get completely set up now is just you know it, i go down and i say oh okay i want one light here one light here and this one's gonna be brighter that one's not grab my meter snap snap <laughs> and then i'm shooting like 20 minutes later or 15 minutes later it's it's set up is so much quicker and seems easier and even my wife looked at just a couple of shots and she said that it has so much more of a, a 3d light quality to it new lights for ed for christmas and with that let's get into the interview 
So Clay, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you coming from and uh, what your background is? You know, I'm a, I'm a New Yorker, born and for the most part bred um, with a little suburban spice, if you will. And I, I, I've, photography is something that just came to sort of naturally to me. It was when I was applying to colleges is when it really started to gel, and I realized I didn't want to wear a tie, and I, and I, I was sort of keen on making my own images. And, then, and it just flowed naturally when I enrolled in a BFA program at Ithaca College. So a little film, a little television, a little photography. My grandfather had been a filmmaker, and I think that going over to the grandparents' house and watching home movies in the holidays subconsciously planted the seed that, that you can control the images you see. And I think I carry that mantle on today, and, and, and still photography being really the most appealing and interesting of the image creation medium for me. <laughs> I don't have to apprentice for years to learn to paint. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, <laughs> one of the things I've seen on your site is it looks like uh, a lot of your portfolio that's online is mainly people. Would you say that's your primary focus? Absolutely. I just think the, the energy and the dynamism of, of humanity is endless. And, and, I, and perhaps just being a New Yorker, People are, are the dominant feature of my landscape, and, sure. and I, I, it's a peoplescape, if you will. And, and there are always so many unique ones up there. Oh, my God. I mean, you can't. I mean, <laughs> people, people watching is, is a term that you sort of hear bandied about, and I think that, that everybody quietly has that passion, right? But, but so, much of, so much of America, so much of the world uh, is... An American in particular is sort of tied to their automobiles and spends their day in these sort of isolated environments. But, but New Yorkers have the good fortune of, of being here in a, in a city where pedestrians rule and, and faces dominate everything you do. I was just up in New York for a shoot in September and um, just coming out of the subway and walking down the street in uh, rush hour traffic, there was a guy that was walking behind me had on a, a vest and green shirt of some kind and a feather sticking out of his hat and he was making all these bird noises and I was just like amazed. I was like, this guy is really interesting and he may as well have been invisible on the street. I was like, people from New York must be used to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I think that there is a kind of a jaded sensibility that a lot of folks I don't know, they sort of hold it up as a facade, but any photographer, anybody sort of attentive to, to uniqueness and to the, the beauty of humanity perks up when folks like that come along. And, it, and to distinguish yourself in a sea of seven million is kind of one of the treats that a photographer should be attuned to. I don't know if that was the best answer in the world, but... I don't know, I think it's great. <laughs> I love those people. If I had the street studio out and that guy walked along they get bumped to the front of the line. Oh, that's excellent. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Clay, our show is, is and our website, for that matter, is, is a, lot, a lot about lighting. Can you tell us a little bit about your approach to lighting? You know, sort of, I guess, it, how you go about it, what your favorite equipment? Yeah, my approach to lighting is low budget, baby. Okay. I mean... That's my budget. There, that's our budget. <laughs> <laughs> Which is perfect. There is no better lighting than the sky. Right? I mean, it provides. And it provides all day long, all kinds of moods, all kinds of possibilities. And, and the street studio for the last few years has relied exclusively on the sky. 
there it added one hundred percent natural light with some some attentiveness to horizon line and bounce. Um, I think at, in some of my celebrity portrait stuff, I'm a hot light guy. I don't I don't use strobe. Okay. And I tend to use one or two lights, usually one. Um, now, when you're sing- using a single hot light, about how much wattage are you you doing with that? Because I know I've ran into problems with. Oh yeah, some of my some of my geekier photo friends or folks that that work at the high end studios that I'll shoot out for an advertising gig, they laugh at me because I get such a kick out of shooting at f eight. Nice. <laughs> and higher. <laughs> I can't tell you how many portraits I've made at at one eight one four. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm, yeah, it doesn't, a thousand watts isn't, isn't what it is to a video camera. Right. So, uh, yeah, you run into problems, but, but photography is as much about improv, improvisation as it is, you know, sort of, uh, pre-visualization. We have our best intentions maybe going into a shoot, like, oh my God, I'm going to get to shoot Robert Plant. I've got these <laughs> visions. <laughs> right. Reality comes in and it's like, whoops. Plan B. <laughs> Plan B. Those are some great portraits, by the way. I really, those are very striking. I love that shot. Thank you. That, that's what actually. That's with a homemade light. Uh, really. That's um. I don't think it's ten sixty watt. You know, GE bulb. Wow. How are they arranged? In a circle. Like if a... you look the picture of the picture of Sting uh-huh. that I have on my website is the same light from a different angle. Wow. Now, are you shooting through that, or are you positioning it? Through it, yeah, exactly. I'm shooting through it. It's kind of a, a pseudo ring light a man, effect. A poor man's ring light. Man, our our, our readers are going to love this. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to get something like that up on the site for people to check out. That's a really great approach. Any chance you could uh, send us some photos of it? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> actually, fair enough. Actually, I have I have I have a photo of it. Oh, you know what? And, and I would, and there, this is a, it brings up something that, that I often think about. There's a certain amount of kind of secrecy and a certain amount of, I don't know, like, like uh, proprietary knowledge that photographers seem to harbor, yeah. and I really don't subscribe to it, not, not because I'm super generous or that I think that, that they stumbled upon something totally unique. It's more that I want people to... I'll hold back some of that knowledge because I want them to explore and experiment for themselves. That's a great there point. Isn't, there isn't something so special um, in anybody's life, really. It's all sort of just a, either readily available, you know, pro-photo strokes with beauty dishes or ring lights or soft boxes. The key to it is to explore and find something that works for you. And, and, a, and a ring light, arranging a bunch of light bulbs, 10 light bulbs in a circle on a piece of wood with a hole in the middle doesn't need a picture. Go explore. Make, yeah. the radius, <laughs> make it as big or as small as you want, but, but definitely go try and do it. I mean, really, an afternoon at Home Depot and, and a screwdriver, and you're in business. That's a great point. We're going to be talking a lot about Home Depot, it seems, in, in yeah. upcoming articles. We need to get them to sponsor the show. Because <laughs> I think the last photographer was talking about him as well. If I was on a desert island, right, and I had a choice of retail outlets, and it was like between B and H and Home Depot. 
I would take half a Home Depot over B and H. Nice. Oh no, that's a great that's a great quote. <laughs> and that's not to say that I don't love my boys at, at Home Depot, uh, or excuse me, at, at B and H. Uh, actually, more of an Adorama guy. <laughs> right. It's three blocks from my house. Oh, very nice. Well, proxi- <laughs> proximity does win, especially yeah. in a city where it's mostly foot travel. Absolutely, and from New York, three blocks. That's almost the outer limit. <laughs> <laughs> After that, I get on my bicycle to ride somewhere. That's there right. you go. There's really a Home Depot because again, it isn't. It isn't that that piece of strange, you know, metal sheeting is is just for what it's intended. Like a photographer sees that as some sort of strange, reflective, interesting background, and and that is really where I think that. Everyone needs to go and really make their own life, make their own space. I want to inspire that rather than say, I do X. Oh, you're validating me for not feeling so weird now. <laughs> right. <Think I'll... laughs> no, go nuts, man. You can't get strange enough with photography. It is a, it is a medium of self-expression, and, and it reflects you regardless. If you, try, if you try and constrain yourself to do exactly what someone else does, you're limiting your own expression. You, you talked a little bit about your your lighting and your wattage and things like that, but do you use a lot of modifiers or, you know, diffusers and things like that, or does it depend on the situation? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what a modifier is other than maybe a dimmer. Every- <laughs> <laughs> and, and that would never get used because I need every watt I can get. That's true. I'm, uh, no, I'm, I, am, I think the position of the light makes most of the difference. It is, it is not so much, you know, stripping out a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I, I think the simpler you can get, the more you can focus, especially with people, on the person. In the end, the person is what you're trying to, con- you know, to, to render. And, and with, with um, attention to background, you still want to focus on the person. And, and the quality of life is, is much more determined by its position like up too high, way down, down too low than anything else. That said, I mean, yeah, do I prefer a little bit softer? I suppose so. I also have to be attentive. You know, I'm not shooting these guys. I'm not shooting, you know, for myself. I'm, I've been hired to shoot him. And they expect a certain something. So I'm a little more attentive to my client's needs which is a kind of a little closer to a mass market niche place than, okay. say, a little hip editorial venue that would want ludicrous the way he's never been photographed before. Okay, so the client has a lot to do with your approach then as well. I think with anything. Once you're being paid to make a photograph, you, you can't just do whatever the heck you want. Right. So I certainly have a lot of freedom, and I'm not necessarily deviating completely from my own aesthetic. I am attentive to that. In fact, Ludacris was photographed in my street studio. Oh, okay. Wow, I didn't realize that. So you're keeping your own style and you're keeping your own approach, but you're you can sort of go toward the mass media if you have to. And yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, it, it is it's this little balance, right? I mean, if we that said though, even Ludacris, all well and good, find any soul, any good soul who's willing to pose for you, you should you know make the photograph you want to make. It's not, I'm not unhappy with my photograph of Ludacris. Heck, he's in my street studio. Right. <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine. That's my favorite place. Well, since you brought up the street studio, on a lot of the pictures that we see on the website, there's this, there's this big upside down funnel looking light 
And, <laughs> and now, without giving too many of your secrets away, no, can you tell us a little bit it's more about it? It's impossible to duplicate. <laughs> we call it the Love You Baby light. Nice. And that light hasn't been used in a long time in the street studio, but it is an old cinema light. Wow. An old hot light from the from the days of movie making when long before the the HMI. And it is retrofitted with a strobe that's huh. sort of bouncing around and then comes out through a through a piece of plexiglass. Uh Scavulo used the light very similar. Okay. His, 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 well, I had the I had the good fortune of seeing his light uh, before he died. It was stored at, at Shoot Digital in New York, where he did a lot of work. And um, his light was a little smaller, same kind of cinema light, retrofitted with a strobe. And interestingly, he had a tape measure on it, and literally had the model pose there at the end of the tape measure. Okay. So ours was le- a little less precise, essentially the same. And there's an umbrella in the in the air as well. Is that? For effect, baby. Okay, that's just to to freak people out. <laughs> it's a little, little Rene Magritte painting-ish type. Yeah. Thing. Okay. <laughs> Which we like. This is this is New York City. This is there's a kind of contraption factor for as as people are busy going about their day, the more you could sort of bring a little air of whimsy and and effect to the space, you have a little more likelihood of bringing somebody in. That's great. And then if it rains, you have a place to hang to, to hold your camera. Well, yeah, that's where the photographer stands. <laughs> On well, a few occasions, definitely had to wrap up fast. Oh, I bet. Folks <laughs> don't like rain. Well, speaking of bringing people in, um, how do you go about approaching someone to be a, a member of the or subject of Street Studio? Yeah, I, I think that 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 is something that is the most intangible and the one that's probably the most personal and in in new york city it would depend on neighborhood to neighborhood and anyone who's been here knows that a that a block can be a universe apart but so in some occasions we had hour-long waits of people to be photographed the, the kind of cult of celebrity that runs rampant through through our culture is, is just as seductive here in new york and so everyone thinks they're going to be famous by being photographed oh, that's then another quieter neighborhoods in Brooklyn, it would it would take some real convincing for that old Italian guy to be persuaded. In in Germany, you know, depending on I was in Berlin recently, that's some of the more recent stuff, and I had set myself up in a rather busy place between commuter railroads and it would it took some real convincing and translation to get closed. Now do you have uh, model releases for these guys or I mean how does that how's the that work? In, in New York, we have a very simple release that was essentially just sort of a blanket piece that would cover our butts if, if something were to go terribly wrong. That said, in Holland, I got one. In Paris, I got one. In Berlin, I didn't. I'm not terribly worried because I'm not selling these photos to stock agencies. I'm not. This, this work is exclusively artistic okay. and, and not really going to be used for purposes beyond their understanding. Uh, for I think Lamborghini, some Lamborghini magazine contacted me about using my studio images, and and while that may have been a profitable endeavor, that violates my own sensibilities, and I had to decline the offer. That that solves that issue, because if it's an artistic use, then you're, it's pretty clear what your intent is from the beginning, right? Yeah, but you know, even these days, book publishers are a timid bunch, and and if I want to publish something. 
I pretty much need a release regardless of its use. Okay. Even the finest art book published by Twin Palms won't publish without a release. It's, it's the pain of my existence, let me tell you. My, my night work is incredibly spontaneous, completely random. There's no way I'm going to pull, pull out a release for these folks to sign. <laughs> right. <laughs> like while they're puking on the sidewalk. Yeah, right, or the, uh, the alcohol is dripping from their hand. You, you know, Sign this for a second. <laughs> I noticed on your blog you actually mentioned that you, you switched modes a little bit and started asking permission or at least telling somebody you were, you were going to take a photo. Is that, is that, is that what I... That's sort of a night-to-night endeavor. I, I've been shooting tonight without asking. Okay. Just letting it letting it roll, doing my thing. You know, I've got uh, I'm a big old Nikon D2X with a massive flash and a bounce. People know I'm taking pictures. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, actually, for our listeners um, who d- who weren't privy to the pre-show talk, do you want to tell everyone a little bit where you are? I'm at a party. <laughs> of course. Ink, Ink Magazine is a new magazine for tattoo aficionados, if you will. And uh, their premier issue party is tonight. And I've come because a number of my friends who are photographers have some work in the magazine. And it's looking great. Including my assistant, Evan. He's got some work in it, too. It's exciting. I want to shoot for these guys. It's a cool magazine. And you know how tattoos are these days. It seems to be the, I don't know. Mini skirt du jour, if you will. <laughs> well, actually, one before we move too far away from Street Studio, I have another question about it. How does the do the local areas that you shoot in? How do they perceive it? Do you do you just kind of like show up and do a guerrilla type shoot, or do you call around and say, "Hey, we're planning on doing this. Is that okay?" No, there's in New York City, it requires a permit, and so you just work with the permit office, and it's free. And you let them know, and they maybe call you and ask a little question to clarify, and off you go. Now, the folks in the neighborhood, if that were ever predictable, I have no idea, and they just sort of pose or don't pose. Now, it's very much spontaneous. When I was in Berlin, I just sort of, I rode my bicycle or a bicycle of a friend around for a couple hours, got a sense of the town, found myself a location with, with good daylight, and went and went to work. That's great. I bet you have a thousand stories, but is there is there a couple of encounters that stick out in your mind from this whole project? Gosh, I, I think that, the, well, no particular story. I think there's really something that we as photographers neglect to pay attention to, and that, that is that, that people, when they pose for us, feel special. And and that, and I, partly because I'm so grateful of that they're posing, I sort of don't see from their perspective, but for those moments there in front of the lens, they feel special. And I think we all need to, and need to honor that more. That, that we have a responsibility that we, that we're rendering them potentially into eternity, right? Or at least as, you know, as long as the paper lasts. <laughs> or the bits in, in whatever case. I can't, I, what, what strikes me more often than not isn't the story that's told to me while they're posing or while they're waiting or the little events that happen in the process. It's more that that little comment they say afterwards. Like, you know, I really felt great. That that made me feel special. And now I've sort of tuned, you know, 20,000 people later, you have a little bit of a sensitivity to, to how people are feeling at the moment. And, and when it's happening, you really feel it, and it makes you feel great. I mean, I have a smile on my face really beginning to end when I'm doing the street studio. That sounds like a lot of fun. And you bring up a really good point. I mean, there's not a lot of things in life anymore that 
make people feel that way. So yeah, you're providing a service. And, and, and it runs this strange, it's in a strange territory. It's a, it's an intimate thing right. where it's just me, it's just me and the subject matter, presuming it's an individual. And yet, photography is also understood to be a mass medium, unlike video cameras, where you know it's been sort of whacked out into bad television or girls gone wild or what have you. <laughs> Photography still maintains a real intimacy despite it really sharing all the same venues. Sure. And all of this intimacy happens within minutes. Yeah, like fractions of a second ultimately, right? It's amazing. It's, it's, a, it's a real treat of photography and I think that that's part of its mystery and to me much of its allure. I think I can explore this for a lifetime. Why, in that fraction of a second, did that person look that way and, and just strike that glance? I mean, and, and, you know, nowadays with digital, back a lot of, much of the New York stuff is with Hasselblad's rolling kayaks through them. Nowadays with digital, I'll shoot, a, you know, three times more photographs, fractions of a second apart, and it's amazing still, that one frame that just shines in a magical way. Right. Who knows? Yeah, I was going to ask. I noticed that uh, in your bio that we have here from the website that you talk about using a uh, Hasselblad's with gaffer's tape to hold them together. <laughs> so Everything I've got is held together with gaffer's tape. I, I take it that uh, now you're talking about the Nikon D2X that you've uh, made a switch to using more digital? Yeah, yeah. I, I came through to the D2X by using a D100, uh, which I still really love. It, it's a... It's so much better than that D50 or D70. It's a great little camera. It'll it'll go down probably as this sort of quiet hero of the digital revolution. It was for me. Still is. It's great, and it's great in low light. Better than the D2X. Really? I, I think. I mean, I, look. What the D2X lacks in low light capabilities, uh, it makes up for in, in resolution. So oh. it's it's sort of an even deal. Okay. And mind you, I am. No geek. Like, I shoot JPEG, fellas. <laughs> you shoot JPEG? You JPEG. That aperture, app, photos, whatever, Apple come out with aperture. Uh, yeah. I mean, that really may change my sensibilities in terms of shooting raw or JPEG. Until I really work with it, I'm sticking with JPEG. So until you find a reason to, to do otherwise. And I guess that, that answers the question about sort of some of the post-processing stuff. I noticed you've been experimenting a little bit. You mentioned on your blog about, uh, you know, different saturation and things like that. Do you... Do you find yourself doing a lot of that? No, I I think of Photoshop really as my digital darkroom, okay. and I am not I'm not really interested in spending a lot of time, uh, you know, exploring the infinite capabilities, <laughs> right? Of the most amazing software program ever. So uh, what I'm more interested in is rendering an image to my visualized state, and that's generally a 30 second process. Okay. I'm just going to go, I'm going to adjust some levels, uh, do a little foozy what's it, God knows how, and <laughs> there it is. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to go. I burn and dodge like I literally had my hands in a little, uh, you know, piece of cardboard and a wire hanger. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's it. I'm, I wouldn't, I can't imagine wasting time in post-production. It's, it's about the image. Right. You know, we probably need to to get wrapping up here. But before we do, we, we've been trying something that we have a little bit of fun with. 
Uh, we have some questions we're going to sort of fire at you. You, you, you in, in the mood for a game here? Let's do it. All right. Well, we know the answer to this one here right off the bat. Digital or film? Uh, digital. Okay, how about favorite studio accessory? <laughs> Daylight. <laughs> Daylight. There we go. <laughs> uh, wide angle or telephoto? Wide angle. Okay, how about softbox or umbrella? Uh, neither. Very good. And obviously, favorite subject to shoot? People, baby. All right, let's be more specific. Uh, okay, yeah. Wrinkled, gnarly, fantastic <laughs> who live their life and are not afraid to show it. Good answer. Well, on the count of three, we'll all answer this one. Yeah. Favorite city to shoot in? <laughs> one, oh, wait. two. I'm going to hold out. I'm okay. going to hold out. Okay. Wherever I am. Wherever uh, I am. Uh, Very nice. I was going to say New York City. Yeah, look, New York is fantastic, but look, this isn't, I, you know, there's so much of the world is New York centric. Photograph wherever you are. There are people around you that are magnificent. I mean, really, I would love to inspire people. If everyone, like, there was a street studio day instead of this photograph America day, if everyone, like, set up a street studio in their, in their driveways and made portraits of their neighbors, I'd be the happiest guy in the world. It'd be magnificent. It's a gift. We all have to share with each other. Let's do it. Okay, we'll do that next month in Harrisburg. Everyone send yeah, we'll us an email <laughs> that's local, and, and we'll do that. I mean, put it in the paper. Like, be photographed, and you turn around and you give them a digital print of themselves. So do you, I, I guess I forgot to ask you, do you do you actually provide them with prints there? or? Well, back, back in the film days, it was impractical, if not impossible. Now, you'll, you'll notice some of the more recent work. Every single picture, I, every person I took is up. They're not necessarily the best or most interesting, but they're up. I mean, uh, Paris, Amsterdam, that's everybody. Wow. If they want that print, Burning Man, Black Rock City on, the, under, on my website, every person I photographed is there. And if they want one, they just had to email me. I sent them the high res. Oh, that's great. That's amazing. That is, yeah. see, that, even that's revolutionary. Like customer service. Yeah. yeah. So how about this? Two lenses you can't live without. Uh, I have no idea. Fast ones? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fast uh, ones and fixed ones. Oh. Fast and fixed. Fast and fixed. <laughs> nice. And alliteration to boot. <laughs> uh, jazz or rock? Uh, whatever you like, man. I'm not going to pick. Pick <laughs> <laughs> is like art. Is art. Far be it from me to... I, I, I like it all, man. Well, everybody, Clay Enos with us tonight. <laughs> um, Clay, we really appreciate the time you, you've had with us. You can check Clay out again at clayenos.com. That's C-L-A-Y-E-N-O-S.com. <laughs> And you can also, Clay, what about your blog? What's the address for your blog? It's essentially linked from my website, and it's under the name Take Pictures. Take Pictures, and it's a lot of fun to read through Clay's adventures and uh, see how he gets hurt everywhere he goes. Yeah, don't do anything dangerous tonight at the uh, tattoo party. But, hey, thanks for spending some time with us, Clay. It's been great. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share, and I hope I hope uh, lots of folks everywhere are inspired to make pictures. That's what it's all about. That's all we have for this episode of Light Source, the brightest podcast on the internet. Don't forget to check out the site studiolighting.net for show notes about things we talked about on the show. There you can also find links to Bill and Ed's photography as well. And if you didn't get enough of me during this show, you can check out edhidden.com for the photocast, which is another podcast that I'm producing about you know, my work and my experiences with photography. That is a very good thing to check out, Ed. You're doing a great job with that. Thanks, Bill. 
And don't forget, you can email us or send us an mp3 at studiolighting at gmail.com and we'll try to answer your questions on the show. I'm Bill Crawford. And I'm Ed Hidden. See you next time. I'm going to bring you down into the lair, ready? We're just, if, I, if I lose you, it's because I can't hear you over the bass. Okay. <laughs> Let's see if we can make an audio postcard here. Evan! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Evan, an activist, ladies and gentlemen. We're in. I now can't hear you. And that's it. Boys, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> That's wicked.